We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a True Faith podcast with me, Norman Riley, joined um, in a living room in Lewisham after a magnificent 3-0 victory against Chelsea, a match that I've watched on TV and probably all this talk of contract renewal um, with regards to Rafa. Well, I'll tell you now, I've missed the Man U match, the Arsenal match, and now the Chelsea match. So if you're talking about renewals, for the love of the club, it's probably best I just don't renew my season ticket. Um, and if I don't, then there's every chance that we'll finish in the top four next season. Um, not that I'm depressed that I wasn't there. What, what, I mean, obviously an incredible performance that we're... We're going to discuss a um, couple of bits of admin first. There'll be a more in-depth podcast with you on Wednesday. That'll be um, a lot more the the True Faith squad involved, and I'm sure they'll go into it in more depth than, uh, than me and John do right now. Um, John's just back from a what I can only describe as a 72-hour drinking binge and um, some some dens of uh, iniquity in Lancashire and Yorkshire, but he managed to make it back for the game and... Uh, his uh, presence is massively appreciated, otherwise you'd just have probably 35 minutes of me talking down the front here. So, um, here we go. Um, we, uh, what can I say, mate? I mean, it's um, it really, I suppose the the game started off and obviously Sky had on one channel the Liverpool match on um, and on the other the Newcastle match because they thought there might be a, a possibility of Chelsea pipping Liverpool over the fourth, uh, the fourth place. And... Within about sort of ten minutes, it, our dominance was so absolute that it, to me it looked like, to me initially it looked like Chelsea just could not be bothered at all. They'd already accepted the fate. Um, but you turned around. I think you were that surprised by it. You sent to me that is it a case of Chelsea, or on purpose given the um, the the space that they were given to Chelsea because he was running things so. Bear in mind, you, you thought that initially, um, and, and to be honest with you, that's kind of what I thought. Because I thought I've never seen, I've never seen a Conte team. This, well, that's it. And, and, and we, we may, maybe we thought initially it was a it was a specific tactic, um, but I guess by the end of the game, do you think do you think it was that, or do you think it was something else? Um, I think Chelsea had deliberately gone out to um, to to stand off and sit a bit deep in the first ten minutes, but I think Newcastle played so well. And and that first twenty minutes, um, what was the stat that Sky had got up before the first goal had gone? It was something like nine chances we in the first twenty seven minutes or something like that. Right. Um, <clears throat> I think Chelsea deliberately set themselves up to to sit deep and to stand off and give Shelby the ball and and, and let him dictate sort of forty yards from goal. 
but once they got stuck in once they got stuck in the rut and Newcastle kept coming forward, they didn't really know what to do. They couldn't break out of that. Um, and that's testament to to first half performance, but but the performance across the entire game was absolutely outstanding. And I think what was most pleasing was such a strong start after particularly the Watford game. Um Spurs I thought the first half was good against Spurs as well, but it was really, really good to to just see him kind of come out and, and, and really go at him in the first 20 minutes. Aye, absolutely, we did. It was, um, it was, it was kind of almost like an incessant wave after wave. And again, you know, you can, you can look at it and say, well, Chelsea had switched off, but it's, it, it's, as I mentioned, it's not like they had nothing to play for. I just think that we were, the, the determination was obvious from the first minute and uh, just a couple of little, a couple of little incidents. Um, we've, we've kind of alluded to Dwight Gale's, um, Lack of confidence in front of goal, and I thought that was quite apparent for the first twenty minutes. He had a he had a great chance in the twentieth minute where you, you mentioned at the time the ball was at a kind of level where if he had taken a swing for it, it might have been a yellow card. But I, I suppose what I was thinking was if that was Dwight Gale from last season, I don't have the confidence. He probably would have just gone for it anyways, and and he didn't. And I thought it's just going to be one of those days for the lad. Um, but obviously it turned out it wasn't. Um, and a minute before, um, or a minute or two before he's he's goal, what? Um, what we did see was, so obviously um, N'Golo Kante is a fantastic player. Two brilliant seasons at one season yeah. at Leicester, brilliant Chelsea. And there was an incident, I think, in the 20th minute where Diomir just, I mean, he just shrugged him off the ball. It was it, it was, it, it was embarrassing. It, it, it was just, he almost just swiped his hand and, and Kante just, just fell away. And, and that, to me, that was the moment before he even scored the first goal that I thought, we're going to win this. And um, obviously the first, uh, the first goal came and, I suppose what we can do is we can we can we can talk talk through the goal, but what we can what we can do is talk about the bigger picture, which was Matt Ritchie's performance. Um, I mean, for a start, let's start with the goal. The, the ball and the, before the goal, Ritchie been he'd been buzzing around, he'd been busy, he'd been putting the ball in the box, and I think the first sort of maybe fifteen minutes, we we alluded to the fact that with a target man in there. Mm. Yeah, every everything was going through Ritchie. Um, first twenty minutes. Um, Chelsea didn't really kind of know what to do with him, um, and again, I think it was part of their part of their plan to stand off and 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 to to, to give him room, maybe with a little bit of the intention of of allowing him to get the ball into the box. Um, Gale didn't look he didn't look particularly confident. Um, I'm really pleased he scored. Really pleased he scored. Um, but I think the I think Richie's performance performances all season. Every time I've seen him, I think he's been. It's been superb. The oh. graft he puts in, his delivery is 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 almost always that on the money. That stat came up, didn't it? That's, that stat came up. Um, one of the one of the very f- few benefits of watching something on um on the the hideous monstrosity that is that is Sky <laughs> Sports is that um they were saying that Richie's created fifty chances this season. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, it's un- it's unbelievable, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you think um you just think like I think it's June pre season we. Uh, amongst us, and anyways, us, us uh, lads and lasses who do this, this podcast, we discussed maybe Richie making a step up the Premier League, and and he went through that spell during the poor nine game winning run, the kind of winter, the winter lean spell where he didn't look particularly, particularly at it. But then you could say that was that was the case for the rest of the rest of the squad. Mm-hmm. And and as far as I'm concerned, the last, the last three months, especially the Man United game um, where, where he scored, yeah. since then he's he's to me he's proven to be himself to be a Premier League player. He's He's in his prime to a certain extent, you know. We're, we're not kidding ourselves that he's the quickest and most skillful winger, but he's just incredibly effective. Yeah, 
you know, he's the drive, the drives there, the the ability, the, the set piece players there. You know, he's he's just a good player on the side, and you could see him during the match as well. Again, a benefit of watching it on TV was a couple of times you could see him giving directions, especially to Murphy. Yeah, a young lad like Murphy. You know, you got someone like Richie in there, all experience and and that kind of determination, passing advice on. I think he's an invaluable member of the squad, and and today he was brilliant. He's been brilliant for the last couple of months, really. I think one of the one of the things that must appeal to Benitez is the fact that he's he's got a, a very very disciplined winger there. He's got someone that will that will do as he's told. Will put the graft in. He's not going to kind of disappear. Um, even even if he has a, even if Richie has a bad game, he's still contributing. He's still putting in a shift. He's That's still it. tracking back. Um, and I think Benitez must must love players like that. Well, that, but that's the thing. I mean, that that's that's the thing. Benitez loves a player like that, and as a fan, you have to because you you look at someone like as I think. So let, let's see, Richie against West Brom. We weren't particularly good against West Brom. We dominated possession. We dominated chances. Richie was on an off days, passing was off, but he never stopped. He never stopped, mm. and that's the thing. And 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 I think that that again, we've mentioned this about the team before. It is a squad of players who don't stop, and you know we went one up, and. Obviously under Rafa, you know, a lot of times we, we go a goal up and you think, right, they're gonna they're gonna start pressing now, we need to contain them. But we scored after twenty three minutes and it wouldn't have been, I don't think it would have been an injustice if we'd been three or four by half time. You think a couple of minutes later. Well, just talk me through that Shelby run. I think you were comping up the Gaza at the time, didn't you? About two minutes after they go up. <clears throat> I did. It was it was just the way it was just the drive that he had. Collecting the ball, shimmied inside, shot went wide, but it was just it was just that sort of the, the, the drive and the impact he had. And I suppose, I suppose that's not something I necessarily associate with Shelby, that kind of getting the ball and driving at people. He's very much sort of, you know, ten, stand five yards further back and dictate play. It's obviously where he's, he's, where he's most gifted. But maybe that's just a reflection of, of how the team were performing and the confidence that everybody had today that when it dropped, he, it wasn't in his mind to knock it square, uh, pass it out to somebody. He was like, no, go at somebody. And then try and get a shot away. Oh, no, you know what, mate? It's a, you make a, it's a really good point because um, that's one of the, the few occasions that I can, I can kind of remember, I can think of with Shelby. Like, you see, he actually skinned players. Mm. You know, like, he skinned players before by doing that kind of, you know, like a ball will come in, he'll control, he'll, he'll kind of faint, and it'll take a couple of players out, and then he might put a pass out. But that was actually him, like, you see, it was him driving, that driving into the it, box. That's it. And um, he was just—I mean—it was a really good save by um, the world's uh, tallest goalkeeper, <laughs> Tibbles. Tibbles. Who's also who's also got and um, you know don't quote me on this because I don't know if it's a physical accuracy, but he's also got the smallest head for a big man. The smallest, the smallest head for a big man in goalkeeper. Well, he's like seven foot, he's seven foot five, but he's got the head of someone who's only um, three foot two. And he's got and, and and he's unfortunately named after what sounds like a, a household cat. Oh, Tibbled. Yeah. Well, the Tibble. You know what? You know what? If I if 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 I was given the opportunity <laughs> to choose my name in childhood, I probably went for something like Tibbled because it's you know it's distinctive, isn't it? It's distinctive. It just sounds nice. Or would you would you say Thibbled or Tibbled? <laughs> I definitely say Thibbled. Thibbled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thibbled. Yeah, yeah, they co- yeah combine yeah, Cyril and Tibbled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Cyril. Yeah, Cyril. Because Chris Eubank saying Cyril. Right. We'll move on from that. Then. We'll move on from that. Um, so I, um, the the next incident. I mean, again, it was just coming thick and fast. You know, two minutes after the Shelby shot that um, caught um, Cyril made a really good save with um, is um, the 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 Gale the Gale effort and, and this and this ties into the confidence, doesn't it? 
Oh no, definitely. The he scored that goal, and all of a sudden, five minutes later, he's making space for himself on the edge of the box. Yeah. Oh, you could see it, couldn't you? Straight away, the ball came to him. His body shape was different. Gets the ball out from his feet really quickly and gets the shot away. And I haven't seen him do that in the last couple of games. Um, he's he's been sort of hesitant. He, he's, he has been hesitant, and and it look it looks bad. I think because. Because the Premiership, any game in the Premiership is, is, is so much quicker than anything in the Championship. Just that half a yard, just that, that, that microsecond that it takes to, to control, get your head up, it's a pure confidence thing, isn't it? It's an absolute confidence thing. Oh, it, was, really? it was really good to see him score and then, sort of, and then really kind of grow into the game a little bit more. Just a shame he had to go off injured. Uh, it was um, that, um, that incident uh, just before half-time it it looked like he was struggling, and I suppose you know. Obviously, I'm I'm speculating massively here, but that's what you do. He's a football fan. You just make things up, didn't you? So, um, I'm guessing that he went in at half time, clearly carrying an injury. He's managed to convince Rafa that he's all right because his confidence is up, and he wants to get back on the pitch. Yeah. And then within thirty seconds of him come back on the pitch, Rafa's obviously taken a look and thought, "Nah, mate, you're not you're not running properly." So he brought Hossel on, who, and we'll say this now. Um, Hosselu, sorry everyone, that was the dog. She's had a massive season attack and then nearly taken a year out with a scratch. So I can only apologise for that. Um, but it's it's more or less a regular feature when, when a podcast recording this house is, is me dog scratching her ass. She only scratches them when, when this podcast's on, so I don't know what that is. It's Pavlov's dog syndrome. <laughs> That's absolutely As soon as I start talking to the phone with football, the dog starts scratching her lugs. Um, but uh, the um, yeah, Hosselu, a little weird on Hosselu, um, he came on. And he, you know, he didn't put up any trees, because he he won't. <laughs> but Jack, no. he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't shit. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't deserving of anyone, you know, putting something on his Twitter feed telling him that he's a load of crap. I tell you what, what what Hoslow coming on did, and this is what we both kind of said to each other, was that we've just finished tenth. We've just beaten last season's champions three 0 at home. We finished tenth with a squad where Rafa's had to choose between, you know, Dwight Gill and Hoslow yeah. up front. Need disrespect to Dwight, he's an excellent player, excellent player. Um, but, you know, we know that in, in the Premier League, you want your top scorer to be getting at least double figures, and, and, and Dwight hasn't done that. And, and, and he's my well, first choice strike of a very good reason because he is, he is, as far as I'm concerned, an excellent player. But when you're looking at other Premier League squads, you know, we, we finished 10th with, 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 with Hoslow as the backup for Dwight Gill. And, and it's, again, it's just testament to. Uh, what an unbelievably good job Benitez has done absolutely you, th- you think about the teams that have gone down and the centre forwards that have gone down with them we've spoken about Rondon haven't we you uh, can even throw Crouch, uh, Crouch into that Rodriguez uh, Rodriguez um, the, Wait, Tammy uh, Abraham it's Tammy, Tammy Abraham there you go there, case in point uh, um, I think to, to to have finished as high as you have with the centre forwards that you've got is, uh, is absolutely is absolutely mad. But it is his whole testament to Benitez. It's, it's his ability to get the very best out of out of average players like that like Hosselu, who for uh, all the, the the grief and abuse that he's got, he he does do a job. Well, he does. I mean, the thing is, he's never going to be banging chances in the freaking centre. But um, you know, he's uh, he's been bought. He, he was brought in. He did a job. He's probably going to get in pre season. And as far as I'm concerned, you know what? Good luck to you, mate, for the rest it. of your career. Absolutely. Um, we're moving on from that anyways. You've, um, we're still not even at half-time. Yeah, it, was, it was so ridiculous, the dominance. Um, what I will... just I'll just go off at a tangent here slightly. Um, in the 32nd minute of the match, now we're going to get the disadvantages of watching a match that's televised by Sky. Um, 
the commentator, his name's Bill Leslie, I believe, um, said uh, the, the camera panned to Lee Charlie, and he mentioned something about brinkmanship between Rafa and uh, Mike Ashley. Mm. It's not fucking brinkmanship, right? Brinkmanship's gonna happen, you know, like in a in a world where you've got like two sort of sides vying for vying for something that they both they both kind of put like a decent argument forward for. Mm. Mike Ashley's just been an arsehole. There's nothing. There's no brinkmanship involved, yeah. Mike Ashley is not backing Rafa in its stupidity because obviously we know with the backing, what he could do with that club would just be, I mean, and I, I would say it'd be on my way to the streams. It's not because we've been in these positions before. Um, it's just a, just another another thing that kind of makes you think that Sky have got a relationship with Mike Ashley that will never like allow them to turn around and see him. You know what, Ashley. Back this man because he'll, he'll do wonderful things for you. Yeah, I, I do think it's interesting that it might just be might just be my interpretation of it, um, but it does seem like Sky try and be more even-handed against Ashley. Clearly, in the face of having to deal with someone who's a fucking idiot who doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. Um, maybe maybe on match of the day you've got Shearer who is more forthright and and they. It's the BBC, and they can maybe afford to be a bit more, a bit more partisan, a bit more reflective of what the fans are actually thinking. But Sky do seem to be a bit sort of, a bit sort of soft when it comes to stuff like that. Well, yeah, I, but you know what? That, that's I mean, again that'll be a discussion that I do doubt. Um, not necessarily the, the Sky, make Ashley thing, uh, but uh, the 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 kind of Rafa issue and the spending money is going to be debated and debated. Um, at the moment, we're going to bask in the glow of what. Been an outstanding performance today, yeah. um, and it and in general a brilliant season. Um, so so about the match, um, we had what the thirty sixth minute, I think. Um, Perez, this is something that we've mentioned a few times during the season. Is the kind of the new Newcastle players? We don't have any players on the side who are willing to be a little bit, <laughs> a little bit sly. So Perez, he could have that, that. As far as I'm concerned, that would have if he'd have fallen on the thirty sixth minute, that was a that was a clear penalty. Yeah. And he didn't. And it's interesting because that's something that this, this whole squad, and there's a lot of I may have out the honesty of it. Mm. Like Perez got hit and he stayed, he stood his ground. He didn't, you know, he didn't fall down. But I suppose if in that split second he thought, I'm just going to fall over now and I'll get a penalty. Mm. And he didn't. Um, but that, that could have been 2 0. I'm, I'm saying that could have been 2 0. It could have been a penalty. We could have been 3 or 4 0 by then. Um, we, um, on the stroke of half time, we had a chance Perez flashed it past the post, but. I think, and this is reflecting on his world 90 minutes, but even at half-time we were talking about Lejeune's performance. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Just picking up on that penalty point, though, because it, it's easy to sort of gloss over it with with the way that the game kind of panned out, but that's that's a really important decision, a key point a key point in the game. Um, and look at that, Perez could have got a hat-trick oh, if he'd have yeah. taken the penalty. Yeah. Um, I don't know, if Perez, I'm... I'm, I'm Still be a bit pissed off about that, you know. He's oh. he's done the right thing. because the thing is, he's completely the wrong side of Aspilicueta, yeah. and he, he he just pulls him. There's no attempt to play the ball. It's absolutely blatant. The referee sees it. He shouldn't have to go down in a situation, and that's just a shit decision. Uh, it, you know, it, it is. It is a shit. It is a shit just decision. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I um and winds me up a little bit that because the narrative there is potentially if he goes down, oh that looks a bit soft. A Spanish player going down, that's a bit soft. And actually, no, it's not. 
you know. Right. But he stays on his feet, doesn't get the penalty. All right, finishes three, and nobody mentions anything. So you see, I've gone off on one now. No, but you're either, you're either. I mean, it, fin- it, finish, it finishes one's each though, and you think nobody didn't get that fucking penalty. So exactly. No, no, well, it was poor. Um, and uh, again, again, <laughs> again, when we do an end of season review, I'm sure the lack of Newcastle United penalties is going to come into the equation mm. because uh, we seem to get denied them on a regular basis, but. You know what? It's funny we've won three 0 I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting like, <laughs> historical issues. It would make Ashley Sky Sports and not getting penalties. Jesus Christ! Um, uh, maybe, maybe it's just because I've got exams this week and I'm uh, in the back of my mind. I'm just angry with the world. But um, the uh, so I half time comes um, as I, I just mentioned there, uh, Lejeune. Again, yeah. like, let's let's talk about Lejeune's performance today. Like I don't recall one occasion where anything got past him, where he didn't. Put a block in where he didn't. It was a couple of t- occasions he ran with. He ran out. He ran out of defence with the ball. Yeah. And we, we've said this. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna gun off a little. Gun off on a little one. Yeah, about Lejeune. I think we saw this amazing twenty minutes against Spurs, and it was kind of held up in mythical status when um you know Harry Kane, Harry Kane basically crushed Lejeune. Didn't get any punishment for it because he's you know he's um he's, he's the English. golden he's the golden child, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. the English golden child. Um, and obviously one of my. And I mentioned this the other night. One of my greatest regrets this season is the lack of retribution dished out to him the other night. Um, but you know what? You know what? I don't condone violence. I don't condone violence. But if Harry Kane happens to be walking past a smelting factory, for example, and there's an accidental liquid metal spill that covers his leg, I'm not going to be too upset. But I'll move on from that. I'll tell you what. Lejeune. Um, Lejeune, he kind of came back in the side when confidence was a bit low and... He didn't do too well, and then he went back out the side again. Then he came back in for the Man U game where we won one nil, and he's been brilliant since. And um, his performance today was just magical, wasn't it? I think it's 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 his positional sense, isn't it? Uh, I think that's what really came through today. It's not always easy, is it, when you're watching it on TV and you're looking at the centre half? I we were watching him against Spurs the other night, being that low down, and that. And you mentioned him with Spurs, he's mouthing as well, he was, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, ta- he was talking. He was kind of talking the entire back four through the. Through the game, I think it makes a difference having having a strong uh, a strong keeper as well. I think that brings confidence to the whole of the back four. But Lejeune looks a lot more vocal, um, and today just positionally, it just it, it was like he was he was sort of two yards ahead of everybody else. He could see where everything was going. Um, I can't remember him. I can't remember having to go to ground. Put it this way, Lejeune was that, and and this is a I mean this is a kind of indirect compliment to Lascelles really. Lejeune was that good today that I barely noticed Lascelles playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's not that's not a criticism of Lascelles. It's 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 almost like um, he kind of Lejeune just got got his job done that effectively. It was yeah. almost like Lascelles was just focusing on his game and he didn't have to worry about anyone else. And that that spine. So this is the thing, you know, like well, well like we finished tenth this season and you think like, it's been an amazing job, which it has. It's been a brilliant job. But I threw this part you right. Lejeune and Lascelles at centre half, Shelby and Diomen sent midfield. Mm. Do we need next season? Do we need to replace any of those four, or do we need to just get competition for them? Because they've been fucking brilliant for three months. They're excellent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I kind of like. I kind of. Obviously, you know, you, you, if you want to get into the realms of fantasy, and you think, like, you know what, we'll we'll go and spend twenty five million on a on a centre midfielder to replace Moore, yeah. or we'll go and get like someone big, experienced, and horrible from Stoke like Shawcross at the back, mm. but. Let's say Shawcross, for example, right? You're looking at 20 million for someone like Shawcross, right? Right now, there's no way he could displace either Lascelles or Lejeune. Brilliant as having in the squad in terms of competition, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't displace them. 
Shelby and Dior, mate, um, I'm trying to think of a midfielder that you could possibly get for like 20, 25 million. And again, that to a certain extent, we're veering into the realms of fantasy because I can't envisage Newcastle spending that much on a player as long as Ashley's in charge. Um, that That's Spain there. Like, as far as I'm concerned, if we... Dubravka, Lejeune Lascelles, Diomir Shelby, that kind of solid bank in the middle, that's what you need. That's what you need to be looking to build your team around that. Absolutely. And I think the key thing is not so much the the, the reinforcements. Yeah, you need competition there. But it's keeping hold of those. Uh, it's keeping hold of those because it's not going to go... Or notice if Shelby does make it into the England side, uh, it makes it into the England squad. If he does start catching the eye, um, someone's going to come in with thirty million. Ashley will take it. But do you think who do you, who do you think would come in for Shelby though? That's the issue. It would have to be someone like West Ham, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be like a team. Yeah. And then, but then you've got to go. All right then. So Wolves, does Shelby would, straight off the bat. Wolves. Wolves. And now, do you think Nuno Santos? What's he called? Nuno Santos, Espiritu Santos. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Deus, whatever he's got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, like, I can see what you're saying. If Shelby has a good World Cup, the teams will be sniffing around him. I suppose it's. But more... no, it's, it's hanging, it hangs on Rafa's staying, mate. That, well, if yeah, someone comes in for Shelby yeah. and Rafa's not there, then, then yeah. it's a different fucking discussion. But the way I look at the Shelby situation is, is that he's had a brilliant season, especially since Christmas. He could get the World Cup, he could have a couple of decent games there, let's say, you know, and then someone comes in for him. I don't think someone like Shelby would even entertain like, the thought of going to someone like West Ham um, whilst Rafa's in Newcastle because, you know, we're, yeah, you'd hope we're a better so. club from the beer. But, but again, you know, that's a, that's a discussion that we might or might not have to have at some point in the future. Um, I think your, your, point, your point is right, though. It's, it's that span of the team, isn't it? Um, that that bank of five, that look, look five is ridiculous. One, one centre-forward away from being as good as anything... That he's probably outside of the top six. Getting Kennedy on perm- permanently as well will be yeah. good on the left eye. Well, I, actually, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, so Kennedy couldn't play today, obviously, because of him being um, being he's been his parent club Chelsea. Um, Jacob Murphy, you know what? Like I, I like the kid. I think you know he's only he's only a young and he's what the twenty twenty one. Don't get me wrong, he's he's the same age as Kennedy, but I suppose you're talking you're talking like in terms of ability. Kennedy's way beyond Murphy. There's no two ways about it. But I guess I, I'm not prepared to write. Murphy off today. He was he was quiet today, but you know what? He had an impact. The first goal, Definitely. he put himself in the right place to yeah. to get that kind of looped shot off towards Courtois. He, he was all right, wasn't he? I, I, he did really really well for the first goal. That's mm. a great touch. Um, ah, the touch was excellent. Um, and and then second half actually, um, when he was down the left hand side, there was a couple of times where he was he was making space, and I think that's the thing as well. It's not he. It, it looked like he was kind of making runs and wasn't always getting the ball and as a winger that can be a bit deceptive can't it but, but he's making space for other people um, I think the ball's naturally going to going to end up going to someone like Richie um, that's why he makes as many chances as he does right. but I, I, I like Murphy he's got something about him isn't he, he has, and he's got... another one as well he's, he's young if if Benitez is still there, he's the sort of player Benitez would be licking his lips at saying yeah okay yeah yeah you stick with me you know stick with me and I'll turn you into Perez Aye. I'll, I'll get out, you know, we'll get something out of you. Interesting you see that stick with me thing with, with Benitez. So, <clears throat> you look at, um, like, Chelsea today, right? I mean, the, the, wealth, the wealth of talent they've got is fucking ridiculous, you know? I mean, they brought Moran and Pedro off the bench for fuck's sake, right? New, they're a club with a, with a model that is like, we get a manager in, we get a world class manager in, we get him up for two seasons, mm. we win trophies and then we fuck him off. Yeah. Now, as a player, right? Someone like Morata, for example, taking a, taking a chance coming to England. 
you know, taking a chance in context, he's coming to England, he's gonna make he's gonna he's making himself a multi-millionaire like ten times over in two seasons if he leaves. But in terms of his development as a player, and it's one of those where you think like again, give Benitez the money, give him a couple of players to work with. People like I mean, I know like you know imagine imagine Maratta two or three seasons on someone like Benitez. Imagine like Pedro with a couple of more seasons on Benitez, they'd be completely different players. Yeah. And it's just really frustrating to see sometimes like, like Chelsea bring on that kind of player and you just think like just give fucking Rafa a couple of those players and the club will literally I mean, will take off you know what I mean um, again I'm going back into the, rot- into the wrong area so I'll, we'll move on to that job we'll go back, we'll back to the game um, so setting off started I think Chelsea had, they had their golden spell about 8 minutes didn't they and you had the Giroud chance they did, they was, I'm seeing chance the, it, was, it was ridiculous wasn't it um, for he always impresses me, Giroud. Um, I, 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 his looks, his looks are impressive for a start. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's a very, very beautiful man. I think we can. No arguments. Uh, yeah, about, yeah. You know, he's a very, very handsome yeah. Frenchman. Yeah, I just I hate the fact that I don't look like him. So, <laughs> but we're gonna have to be a chance anyway. Um, what always impresses me is for for a bloke of his size, the 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 sleight of foot and the 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 ability to. Improvise, I suppose. And that, that, um, that, that was that, that's, that's exactly yeah, what, that, yeah. what that chance, that chance was. was. Ball in, and he basically uh, back heel volleyed it again. Yeah. It was it was a great save. The save by Dubravka was, uh, exactly. was outstanding. That was definitely Chelsea's Chelsea's kind of golden period. Um, and again, it's it's probably testament to to, to Lejeune. Um, the fact that Giroud was 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 pretty much anonymous. Always plays well against Newcastle. Always gets goals. Eight, eight and nine for Arsenal. He got. Uh-huh. He, he got. He got I mean, he, he got very little service, and again, that's that's credit to the way that the team pressed. But even when he's not getting service, unlike Harry Kane, you'd expect Giroud to be going in, going into the defender, putting in a Lejeune. Just, just, just didn't. I know. Just, I know. Just I know. In his pocket. I know. I'm going to go back on Lejeune actually because he was he was he yeah. was like he, he was like the kind of like um, the the performance he gave today and some of the performances he's given since the Man United match. Like it's the kind of centre half that I I don't. Recall seeing at Newcastle like a one who can like not only win the ball but then can like lift his head up, look and just put like a like a, like a pass out. He can actually he can create he can create opportunities. You know what I mean? And, and he was brilliant. And him him and Lascelles are just like they're a fucking excellent centre half pair. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. There's no two ways about it. Um, so either you had the Giroud chance, you had the little Chelsea and our Chelsea got a little bit excited for like eight minutes, and then all of a sudden um, you had the second goal. Yeah, which. I mean, let, let's start from let's start from the beginning. Diarmuir put a ball out to Murphy, didn't he? Like, the Diarmuir pass to Murphy was just fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I mean Diarmuir was brilliant again today, wasn't he? Um, I think the. I'm trying to think back to it now. So Diarmuir <laughs> puts it out the left. Murphy puts it in. It breaks. Shelby then takes the whole of it. That's it. Then Shelby gets the shot away. It's a great reaction from Perez. Oh, but it? he does that. See, that's this is nothing with Perez. Like, you know what? Like, I mean, any any kind of criticism of Perez, I I, I can't see. I, I can't see. All right, okay, right? He's not. He's not the fucking perfect player, right? He plays in a number ten role. He's yeah. not like you know. He's not a world beater, right? But for what he brings to the team, as a positive. I don't think any any of the criticisms justified. You see what I mean? So like, yeah. right, what I suppose what I'm trying to say is, is that players have their weaknesses, right? But if they're, if their if their strengths are that important to the side, then you don't really need to fucking focus on their weaknesses. What what's the point? Yeah. You know? I mean, he's got top scorer. That I think he's got what like nine, he's ended the season on nine goals now because of his double today. Um, you know, which isn't 
you know, he's not going to be making any kind of top scorer lists, but he's only really been a regular since Christmas on the side in that position. And his instinct, yeah, he's got this kind of thing where he just, he almost like, I oh, like it is, he, he, he can kind of turn and like hit it really quickly. And it was just, I, it was like a, it was like a centre forwards instinct almost, wasn't it? That? No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's he's come on leaps and bounds the last few weeks. Um, again, under Benitez, he's exactly the sort of player um, that that Benitez is gonna is gonna get the best out of. You're right, he's never gonna be a world beater, is he? Um, it's interesting. He's finished top scorer though. No, 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 it is. I'm, but I'll tell you what, I like with Perrin. I'll tell you what, necessarily had that at the start of the season. Well, no, you wouldn't. Absolutely not. I tell I tell you what, I like um, is that Perez. I, I like him, I just, I just like him full stop. Yeah. Now, if the money's given to Rafa in the summer and he goes and buys you know, a number 10 who's going to slot straight in the side ahead of him, would I be happy? Of course I would. Would I want him to sell Perez? Would I not want him to be in the squad? Would I not, would I, would I not want him to be an option? Not at all. Not at all because I think he's, he's been at Newcastle since he was a kid. Yeah. He's got a lot of affection clearly for the club and he's been fucking brilliant for the last few months. So would I like to see him given like, really good competition? Aye. Would I like to see a better player coming from him? You always want better players in positions. Mm. But would I like to see him leave the club? Nah, not in the slightest. And, I mean, that was it. That was pretty much it. Actually, I'm saying that that was it after the second goal. Um, you had the, the Barkley opportunity about three minutes after that. That was a... Yeah, I, 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 I'd said to you at the time, I, that, was, that was a very important moment, wasn't it? Because Chelsea had still not really done anything. They'd been kept at arm's length and that was the chance. Uh, so 2-0 and be completely in the ascendancy. If Barkley scores there, that maybe puts a different, a different context on the, uh, on the last sort of thirty five minutes. And I think, it, I mean, it was a really good save as well. Oh, I mean, it, it, what he did was like the thing is like a the really good save. yeah. What what he's done is I think what Dubravka has done is and then what, what I think makes him a brilliant keeper is is that, you've got like Barkley in that position unless he's got the confidence to like basically lash it hard upwards mm. in the and then risk Sky not putting it weight. He's always going to kind of have to hit it like on the on the floor, and Dubravka has got like the kind of the speed of thought to think. Well, that's what he's going to do, yeah. and he's just spread himself, made himself yeah. massive, and he waited as well. Uh, he didn't go to ground straight away. In. Waited, he waited, he waited, and then when he went, he went big. Um, no, it was a re- re- really important save, a kind of critical point of the game. Critical then, point. I will tell you what, as well, mate. I'll, I'll mention Bartley again. We'll get on. To, um, I was mentioning we've we'll, we'll mentioned players before who Rafa would would improve. The we, we were being linked with Ross Bartley in pre season. Um, cause he wasn't uh, fancied by Kuhn apparently, and again it's one of those where Chelsea come in, buy him. He's never gonna be a regular Chelsea. Never. Mm. It's not gonna happen. You know he's he's gonna he's gonna fade out fade in and out the side, and he's gonna probably end up, you know, getting transferred to again, a mid-table Premier League side. Um, and again he's one of those players that you think you're a young lad. Imagine if we had the chance of signing him. He's got he's clearly got the fucking potential to yeah. be a good player, and he's another player that that Benny this could probably turn run, but. Again, you know, well, I've had a few drinks and I'm just starting to play a bit championship manager. Yeah, with give, you know, I'm giving Rafa like a hundred million. You know, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, but uh, so we had the Dubravka save, and then um, obviously a couple of minutes later, we had the but not even but two hours within two minutes, we had the yeah. the killer goal, the absolute killer goal. Um, and my favourite part of that goal, obviously other than the ball hit the back of the net, was Lascelles. Yeah. He just fucking he threw them completely, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, I was excellent, standing fifteen yards offside. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> absolutely no didn't right to move, be there. Didn't, 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 didn't move he? at all. The ball went over his head, came back, and he still didn't move. He just let the whole of the play move around him. And uh, obviously, we've mentioned him a million times already, but Lejeune's ball across the box from yeah. 
Yeah. No, excellent. Again, and Perez, real sort of striker's instinct. It's a proper sort of striker's goal to, to, to be in there. He read it. He, he was one one step ahead of, of, of where the ball was going to be from the second, uh, from the knockdown. So, no, that was another very, another very, very good goal. And, I mean, after that, it was was flat as piss because we'd absolutely annihilated them. That was it. They were done. They were yeah. completely done. Um, and I think one of the, the one of the one of the best kind of parts of the match for me was this this whole debate about Shelby possibly going to the World Cup. Um, um, Jamie Redknapp, uh, who was a former professional footballer, also the son of Harry Redknapp. I don't know if you've heard of him before. He was on television afterwards, and um, he, he was uh, he was asked a question. He was asked a question by Kelly Keats, who was a brilliant, brilliant host, by the way. Yeah. But you said, like, would you take Shelby to the World Cup? That's all I said. Would you take Shelby? And Redknapp threw a bat and he went, oh, well, I suppose he's in direct competition with Ruben Loftus-Cheek, right? If straight around, I'm thinking, Loftus-Cheek, I've heard of him, like, fucking twice this season. <laughs> he didn't get his rank. He's a decent player. And then Redknapp kind of managed to stretch out a three-minute conversation based on the, the pros and cons of Loftus-Cheek and Shelby. Then at the end, eventually, he did see common sense. And um, he said, uh, he said, Shelby, uh, but you know what? We'll forgive him for the delay because he's got to fill in moment minutes and he's also Harry Redknapp's son. So <laughs> there's going to be a little bit of bullshit there, isn't there? <laughs> exactly. But um, the, I think the, uh, do you remember the Shelby ball across the Hayden? Yeah. I mean, it was fucking, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. Well, it was interesting that Hayden had come on and was, was playing right wing by that point, wasn't he? Ah, he was, I. Um, but, but, I don't know, it's just, it, it's, the, th- the thing with Shelby is it's probably easier to play a pass like that 70 yard crossfield pass right into space looks absolutely magnificent 3-0 up the last day of the season with nothing to play for and the sun shining but he'd do it at 3-0 down in the middle of December because that's just a player that he is ah. he sees space and he plays he plays on instinct he's a natural he's a natural passer so rare in this country that we there's we, new one man we, we, we have midfielders that are disciplined enough to do that they're disciplined enough to, to, to not just sort of chase after the ball and go everywhere and quick, 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 quick. He does take his time. He is different. He is fucking different. There is no... And, like, you know what? Again, like, you know, I mean, tell us if I'm wrong here, but I can't think of a single English centre midfielder now who has got the range of passing and the ability to just open up a fucking defence like Shelby. And, and he was on, he was interviewed after the match and he said, and he was asked, do you want to go to Russia? And he's like, well, of course, but it's up to Gareth Southgate. Like... If Southgate doesn't take him, I mean, then I mean, you know, I already think he's an idiot because you know, I just think a lot of human beings are, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, <laughs> he's um, he's it, it's 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 for me it's it's a it's a knee brainer um, and you know what? If he doesn't get the World Cup, great, he gets a full summer at Newcastle. He comes back late in our final cylinders next season. But for him, on a personal level, he wants he wants it, and I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him do it. And I kind of think of any reason why why he wouldn't, but. Again, probably a conversation that'll be had, I'm sure, over the summer. Um, I'll just throw a quick, a quick little uh, shout out to the the podcasts that are going to be available. If you're not a patron already and you're listening to this free podcast, then please, you know, have have a have a little think about becoming a patron. It's a five a month, so you know, not even one twenty five a week. Um, you get an extra during the season, three to four shows. During the summer, when there's no domestic football, you'll get an extra two shows. We've got the World Cup. There's gonna be loads of stuff on. Um, I. Obviously, you know, I, I'm working with True Faith. I'm part of it, so I'm going to be very biased. But uh, <laughs> if I was you, I would subscribe. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, I suppose that, mate, we can give me your man the match and tell us why. Um, I would probably go with Lejeune. I think he was, um, he, he was imperious. And if, if you can keep Giroud as quiet as that, 
and financier in it, so that's good enough for me. I'll second him here. I'll but they were all brilliant. You you struggle you struggle to pick out anybody. Are you talking like you're talking basically what you're talking is you're talking kind of like nine like the the sort of four or five best performers ten out of ten but what you do is you go alright let's let's see a 9.9 out of 10 and maybe yeah. there's one there's a point one of a difference between them and for me just Lejeune was just fucking he was just magnificent yeah. so I mean uh, this is the end of the season yeah. what a season it's been with cement about placing in the in 10th 10th in the Premier League 44 points and you know what Southampton I think finished 8th last season with 46 that's it, it's an it's an incredible achievement. There's no other way looking at it, apart from the fact it's an incredible achievement. A minus eight goal difference as well, which which is utterly superb. Um the record since Christmas has been fucking spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's no else to say other than what a brilliant day and you know what? Mike Mike Ashley just has to back this man because he's the best thing to happen to this club in well, definitely in Mike Ashley's tenure. Definitely in Mike Ashley's tenure and you know, he's he's he could he could he could be the, the manager who, who takes with to a to a trophy because he's he's that good and uh aye, what a season and um hopefully uh, if I haven't been you know let go on a free transfer in the summer I've got any contacts up for a new one I'll uh, I'll be back with uh, be back with you next season. Cheers. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.